Whenever something new enters the culture, uh, it takes several generations for it to actually uh, be uh, understood in a deep way and then made use of, adopted, uh, especially if it's hard. So it's actually very hard, and I want to make this you know, abundantly clear, that when we ask people to meditate, we're asking them to actually do the hardest thing in the world. It's very hard to string even two moments of mindfulness together because we're so mindless. We're so distracted so much of the time. And the more we practice mindlessness, guess what? The better we get at it. So a lot of the time, we're zoning along through our entire life through autopilot. Sometimes not even, like if we aren't careful, you may not even know who your children are. You may not even know what's going on with your spouse. You may not even know what's going on with yourself because you're not paying attention. You're out to lunch. You're being carried away, perpetually distracted. And uh, this does have, as I was saying, health consequences, also has biological consequences. It certainly has consequences in the brain uh, because other work that Judd Brewer and many other people is doing show that when you actually practice what looks a lot from the outside like non-doing, you know, not, not doing anything. It's not not doing anything. It's what the Chinese would call non-doing, but it's very different. Uh, you're actually driving something called functional connectivity in the brain. You're getting different regions of the brain to actually talk with each other and build new pathways to each other that when you're perpetually self-distracted, those pathways, um, Mm, they kind of atrophy. So this sort of sitting in a kind of meditative posture and dropping into being actually changes everything.